Welcome to Watch Therefore, the program designed to help the disciple of Messiah Jesus obey His command to watch therefore and be ready, for you don't know the hour or the day your Lord is coming. Dove Schwartz here at the Sea of Galilee, encouraging everyone who's watching more than ever to watch therefore and be ready. So thankful to be with you once again on the program. This episode of Watch Therefore should encourage and bless every disciple of Messiah Jesus and challenge anyone who's not to become one of his disciples today. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Oh, Father in heaven and our great Savior, Messiah Jesus' name, I ask that you bless every viewer today and make this time fruitful and profitable for your kingdom's sake and bless us now. We thank you, Father, that we might be ready should our Savior even come for us today. Thank you, Father and Messiah, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, we're going to look at a distinction between the evil and the righteous, primarily through Psalm 34. Let's start in verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. First, we see the Lord's great concern for the righteous. But wait, the Bible teaches there's none righteous. No, not one. Well, this means none are righteous in their own goodness. Yet, the righteous have God's righteousness through God the Son, Messiah Jesus, who Abba sent to pay for their our sins. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For he, our Father, made him, Messiah Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Well, let's go back to Psalm 34 and read verse 15 again and add verse 16. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. We see in Psalm 34, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Do you think regularly about this in this way? That the, the way the Lord is with the righteous for you? Personally, I certainly do. Uh, it's on my mind a lot that in this sin-sick, dangerous, troubled world, he's looking out for me. Hallelujah. Yeah. I cry out to him regularly, and he answers me tangibly in so many ways. Yet we also see that he's paying close attention to those 
who do evil. Think of this. Let's say 200 years ago, there were evil, powerful, uh, well-known uh, people who were on the earth. They were household names. Today, not only are they not thought of much, if at all, but think of a million years from now, which won't even be the sunrise of eternity. Their names will be forgotten. And tragically, they will be eternally in a lake of fire. And truthfully, anyone who's not been saved by Jesus, the Savior, is headed to the same place. Look at John chapter 3. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And then Revelation 21, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Certainly, our Creator, the Lord our God, has made a distinction between the evil and the righteous. Now back to Psalm 34, looking at 17 and 18. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. You see, those who are righteous in Messiah Jesus cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Certainly, if he died for our sins and rose from the grave, he saved us from the greatest trouble of all, the penalty for our sins. He's not going to just leave us here now to fend for ourselves, right? No, to the contrary. He's near to those who are crushed in their spirit and their heart, not only crushed by their troubles, but also humble in their position before him. Now, let's consider this. Think of two people. One on their knees, praying, depending on the Lord to deliver them out of trouble, while the other standing with his chest out and arrogantly self-reliant. No, the Lord is far off from the proud but he draws near to the humble. Oh, hallelujah. The struggles and difficulties of our lives often position us to submit to and draw near to our Father in heaven. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Many, not a few, are the afflictions of the righteous. But here's the good news. The Lord delivers him out of them all. And the unrighteous certainly are not lacking for afflictions. Yet their trouble has only just begun, but that they receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Oh, hallelujah. He's delivered me out of so many troubles and afflictions. And guess what? I'm so thankful and I'm rejoicing. How about you? Let's get down to Psalm 34, 20. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. There's a very special prophetic meaning to this verse that I'm going to get to in just a minute. First, let's go to Psalm 34, verses 21 and 22. 
Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. So we see that the Lord slays and condemns the wicked, and those who hate the righteous, yet he redeems, purchases, or buys back from destruction the soul of his servants, and none of them shall be condemned. Uh, verse 20 points to the cross of Messiah Jesus. And I, I said a moment ago that we would get to that, and here we are. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. We're going to look at part of the crucifixion scene of our Savior, Messiah Jesus, when he died on the cross. The word, think of this, the word excruciating comes from the word crucifixion. And to cut short the agonizing and excruciating suffering, the Roman executioners would break the legs of their victims, preventing them from pushing up with their legs to gasp for air. Yet Messiah Jesus was closer to death than most when they crucified him because of the brutal beating the Romans gave him before the crucifixion. Now let's look at John chapter 19, beginning at verse 32, thinking of this passage, this prophetic psalm, chapter 34. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. You see, Messiah Jesus facilitated all of the blessings and, and the benefits that we looked at in chapter 34 at the cross where the sinless Savior died to pay for our sins. And we see this prophetic look forward a thousand years earlier in Psalm 34 enmeshed in those verses that speaks of how the Lord looks out for those he's redeemed. Where? At the cross. And he's making a way for you today. The Watch Therefore message is life-preserving and life-saving. It's life-preserving because it shows those who were in lukewarmness, that terrible, dangerous condition our Lord Jesus warned us about, that time is running out. Now is the time to repent of lukewarmness. It's life-saving because it warns the lost. Now is the time. You're running out of time. Now is the time to get right with God and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Watch Therefore message, life-preserving and life-saving. Blessing Israeli Believers is such an important ministry. Our co-founding partner, John McTurnan and myself, we founded the ministry Blessing Israeli Believers because we learned that one of the best ways to bless Israel 
is to bless Israeli believers in Messiah Jesus. They're getting out the gospel. They're making disciples. They're saving babies from abortion, helping Holocaust survivors in the name of Messiah Yeshua. One of the best ways to bless Israel is to bless Israeli believers in Messiah Jesus. Join us today. Along with taking the gospel to the Jew first and then to the nations, Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul also said that he was poured out for the faith of others. His life was poured out, and that's why we have our ministry poured out for the nations, taking the gospel and discipleship all over the world, and most recently in Africa, in Burundi, and Rwanda. Opportunities and open doors abound. Join us and be poured out for the nations. A great way to watch Therefore is to go to our website, watchtherefore.tv, and sign up for our monthly Blessing Israeli Believers and Poured Out for the Nations newsletters. There you can get prayer points and have a better understanding of the details of our ministry, especially for those who want to join us in prayer and financial support. So go to watchtherefore.tv. You'll find out a lot of important things about our ministry, and most importantly, sign up for our monthly newsletters, Blessing Israeli Believers, poured out for the nations. Remember, watch therefore and be ready. As you can imagine, our Watch Therefore media, Blessing Israeli Believers, and poured out for the nations ministries cost a lot of money. And first, let me say about that, if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, please don't send any money into this ministry. It's our strong desire that you would receive Him and be our guest today. But for those who understand the principles of sowing and reaping and laying your treasures up in heaven, we know that these ministries are advancing the kingdom of the Lord and you'll be laying your treasures up in heaven. So you can give online or by post. There's information up on your screen. And what a way to watch therefore and be ready. Laying your treasures up in heaven with watch therefore blessing Israeli believers and poured out for the nations. And for all of you who are prayerfully and financially partnering with Watch Therefore and our ministries, let me say thank you. God bless you. We're praying for you and trusting that we're all together being very fruitful. And one day we will hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Welcome back to Watch Therefore. Today I'm starting a teaching series on my recently released book, activate the blessings of the Abraham Covenant. And I want to share with you why I wrote the book. Uh, in a world that is increasingly cursed, well, what do I mean? Well, with atheism, humanism, false religions, uh, a sweeping global homosexual movement that marches under the banner of the sign of the covenant the Lord made with Noah, just mocking the Lord, and, and, and also mocking the Lord with so-called same-sex marriage, just shaking a fist in the face of God in this way, the shedding of innocent blood, over 40 million babies murdered every year in abortion in the world, and anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment. Many are saying it's like the 1930s in Europe with regard to the rising of anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish hatred, in a world like this that is increasingly shaking its fist in God's face and being cursed, the Lord still wants to bless. Now, He can't bless what He has cursed, but He won't curse what and who He has blessed. 
And, and I often refer to Abraham and the Abraham covenant on this program. Well, think of this. Abraham is so frequently mentioned through the whole Bible. And I haven't taught as much on the subject that I'm going to be teaching in this series. I haven't done that before either. So let's get started. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, the initiation of the Abraham covenant. Of course, Abraham's name initially was Abram, and the Lord changed his name to Abraham later, which I'll teach about in this series. But let's look at, at verses 1 through 3, Genesis 12, and count with me the number of times a form of the word bless is used in these three passages. Here we go. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Five times in three verses, a form of the word bless is used here. Do you think the Lord might be trying to tell us something? Oh, hallelujah. And, and that God blesses someone means that he gives benefits or tangible expressions of his love, kindness, and favor. And all disciples of Jesus Christ are sons or daughters of Abraham. And I'm going to talk more about that on the next program. But it's important to start at the front door of blessings. Why do I say that? Well, our Lord Jesus calls his disciples his sheep, and he tells us we need to come in by the door. John chapter 10, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now listen, I talk to people from many different religions all the time on airplanes and in different countries and of course here in Israel and all over the place. I talk to people who worship under Judaism and Islam and even a lot of strange strains that are much more widely accepted today of Christianity. Yeah? And I listen to them and I hear them tell me how they're going to heaven and they're not coming in by the door. Listen to John chapter 10, verse 9. Messiah Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, see how this relates to Abraham and you. Abraham is the biological father of the Jewish people, Israel. Yet, when judged by the Lord, when he returns to sit on the throne of David, only Jewish people of the faith of Abraham will remain in Israel. Uh, Jesus the Lord was speaking to Jewish people when he said in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and Gentiles who come in through the door should consider themselves the fulfillment of the seventh promise of the Abraham covenant. We see that in the new covenant in Galatians chapter 3. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you 
all the nations shall be blessed. The gospel to Abraham, Abraham who lived well over a thousand years before the time of the earthly ministry of Messiah Jesus, yes, Abraham believed in the coming promised one who would restore Adam and Eve's children to Elohim through the good news preached to him, Abraham, in the Abraham covenant. You see, Genesis 3 leads to Genesis 12. Genesis 3 in the Garden of Eden leads to Genesis 12 in the Abraham covenant. You see, after Adam and Eve's sin, the Lord pronounced a curse on Adam, Eve, their descendants, Satan, who had hijacked a serpent, and the earth. Yes? And we see this in Romans 5.12, or part of it. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. And, and look at how the Lord pronounces redemption by the curse upon Satan in Genesis 3. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and you shall bruise, excuse me, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This curse is pronounced on Satan, who tempted Adam and Eve, and then they sinned, causing all the trouble that we've talked about and we know about that's in the earth today. And interestingly, ancient skeletal remains of victims of crucifixion have been found that have the heel bone next to the spike that was used that went through their feet. Yes? Why is this significant? Well, again, listen to Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The one who came later, after the Garden of Eden, after Abraham, whose heel was bruised at the cross, rose from the grave, crushing the power of Satan. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So, uh, we see this. As Messiah Jesus rose from the grave, after his heel was bruised, he crushed the power of Satan. He bruised the serpent's head. So, Abraham, to some degree, understood this good news established by the Lord in the Garden of Eden, and there would have been information about it handed down through the generations, yes? And so Genesis 3 was the most ancient and first telling of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Abraham believed it. It says in Genesis 15, 6, that Abraham, Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And, and if you study early chapters of Genesis, all the way through the Hebrew Scriptures, you see animal sacrifices being a temporary covering for sin that pictured the one who would come and save sinners. And, and the Abraham covenant has specific blessings and curses that are very relevant and powerful today for every disciple of Jesus Christ. 
who wants to be blessed and who will walk in the blessings of that covenant. And Messiah Jesus is the fulfillment of all the covenant promises. And, and Messiah Jesus is a descendant of Adam, of Abraham, and of David through his mother. And he's also the begotten Son of God. You see, first, he's the eternal Son of God. Hallelujah. And then he becomes a man to die on the cross for our sins and rises again. Hallelujah. And we see part of his human or earthly genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. Now think of this. Joseph and Mary were both descendants, of course, of Abraham and David. Joseph, though not the, the biological father of our Messiah Jesus, is the earthly or like a custodian or guardianship father, a legal father. Yeah, and so you see the genealogy of both Joseph and Mary in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 1, we see part of the genealogy here in verses 1 and 2. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. As we begin this series on the blessings of the Abraham covenant, we need to start with the greatest blessing of all, the gospel of Jesus Christ who asks the question, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his own soul? But we can know that our soul is saved as we believe in the good news of Messiah Jesus and then escape hell and spend eternity with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, hallelujah. He died on the cross for our sins, this great Savior, Jesus. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. Come on, we've all sinned. We've all lied, cursed God's name, stolen, lusted, and much more. But Messiah Jesus took all of our sins upon himself on the cross and rose from the grave. And he says, repent, begin to change your mind about your sin and turn away from it and put your faith in Messiah Jesus, our Lord, to save you. And he'll send his Holy Spirit to live in you and you'll be born again and saved from your sins. Oh, the greatest blessing ever is this one. Cry out to him today. Oh, Lord Jesus, I want to turn away from my sins. I want to believe in you. I put my faith in you now, Lord Jesus. Save me, heal me, forgive me, and raise me up to live a life that honors God. Thank you, Holy Father in heaven, for forgiving me today in Messiah Jesus' name. Amen. If you're doing that, there's information on the bottom of your screen. Use it. Contact us. We want to send you a free brochure to help you begin your new life in Messiah Jesus. Now, my book, Activate the Blessing of the Abraham Covenant, you can get it with a, with a gift of any amount. We say that because we don't want anyone to miss out on a book because of money. Just make sure you put in your check in the uh, memo or the purpose section online the ATB book. And remember to watch Therefore and be ready. Thank you for watching the program today. Watch Therefore is sponsored by the friends and partners of Watch Therefore Ministries. In future programs, we'll have many more Watch Therefore teachings from the Bible, worship, and exciting interviews with our believing partners in Israel and around the world. Please contact us at doveforisrael at gmail.com. That's D-O-V-F-O-R. I-S-R-A-E-L at gmail.com. And if you would like to subscribe to our newsletter, you can fill out a contact form on the website watchtherefore.tv. We also have audio programs available on our website, 
watchtherefore.tv. We are on social media since it is a great tool to share the gospel and communicate with one another. You can also find us there at Watch Therefore TV. Until next time, we're watching for King Jesus to return. Watch Therefore and be ready. Slain, he'll come again. Our conquering king on that day, his sword will go forth to take back and re-